0: It's Sunday, December 13th. Welcome to a new episode of Bazaar. I'm your host, Sid. And joining me in the studio today is Aman Preet, host of Text Wired and a very good friend of mine. Aman, it's great to have you. Again, I would say.
1: (laughs) I'm very happy to be on your show. So what we got today, let's go.
0: (laughs) So this week, we are going to be talking about a wonder plant, which could make this world a better place. Apparently, I'm talking about hemp. Or as, okay. as we Indians know it as bhang. And uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure that, you know, most of us had a pretty close encounter with hemp during holi. That's how we take our thandais and stuff. So I know I did it and I was pretty much flying in the air because uh, it gives you that hit, that small hit in the brain. So, right. <laughs> but you know, what's surprising is that hemp, apart from getting you high, has tremendous use cases in several industries. And we got the idea to do the show on hemp through a podcast called The Indian Dream, where they interviewed a company called Bombay Hemp Company. And that's when I heard that, you know, you can make clothes from hemp. And I was like, dude, I I need to get Aman on the show. So that's how we came up with the idea. So let's, you know, just start understanding what hemp is uh aman I what what is hemp okay as, as, as far as i've like researched and know about hemp i
1: uh hemp is cousin of the the marijuana family i would say so more like cannabis family so cannabis has marijuana and hemp but because of the reputation that we have on the whole marijuana yeah. and you know the drug drug issues and stuff so mm-hmm. hemp happens to be happened to fall under that negative light and its reputation has not been so good over mm-hmm. the time. That's why, so hemp has actually a lot of, lot of potential currently, I would say. being Having its name attached to cannabis is what's not making it like come out of its shell. It's being blocked by a lot of these other uh, legal issues with uh, cannabis and marijuana. So if you see like the potential of it, you can... Before we get into the whole industry aspect, just how fast hemp grows is just crazy. Mm. You can harvest hemp four times a year depending on your environment. Usually people take it three, but if you have good environments, you can grow it four times a year and it grows like weed like how fast <laughs> weed grows. Hemp also grows the same way and, <laughs> and it grows so much faster than any other how do you say natural natural fibers, I would say and if you want to uh, understand the agriculture aspect of it it doesn't even require i wouldn't say doesn't require i would say it barely requires any water you know if you if you compare it to like any other natural fibers or any other forms of fibers this plant does not you would say it barely needs water and it doesn't even require pesticides mm. and the space required for it to grow is is very minimum like the amount of hemp you can grow in in a specific area of land uh if you if you needed to grow any other plant you would for the same volume you would need a lot more land area and this hemp it grows as high as 10 feet tall so i, I i'm not i don't know where the problem is with hemp like it is just <laughs> it's just good everywhere <laughs> It so uh, just surprises me how underrated hemp is i would say
0: yeah because when i was also doing my research for the show right and Everywhere, every article that I read about hemp, it was only positive, like every every use case, every article about hemp was positive. So I was like, why is it that, you know, it's not big in all these industries, you know, why it's not at the same level of scale as cotton, like you mentioned, and exactly all, yeah. all the other products. So we will dive deeper into the use cases of hemp in a bit, but one of the questions that I first had was when I started researching was, you know, what's the difference between hemp and marijuana? Because a lot of people confuse hemp with marijuana. They, they feel that it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, they are a species of cannabis. So both of these plants are a species of cannabis and there's very little difference. If you were to technically differentiate between hemp and marijuana, it's the THC content. So, you, do, you don't you don't want to know the full form of THC, but uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a difficult word. <laughs> but it's that part of the plant that gets you floating in the air. So right. hemp is the species of cannabis which has less than 0.3 percent of THC, whereas marijuana is a species of cannabis which has more than 0.3 percent of THC. And in some cases, you know, marijuana also has like five to ten percent, and that's when that's when people use it for recreational purposes to float in the sky. So I was going to add one point where, you know, a lot of these branding, when it comes to cannabis, they
1: use the shape of the hemp leaf. So, you know, a lot of the marketing, you know, it also influences like Mm. how we look at hemp. If you just uh, pick any company that, you know, sells cannabis legally, you will see the branding or, you know, the name will always have a plant of a hemp leaf. Mm. So I think that's where a lot of misunderstanding also happens. Because when you think of cannabis, you think of a hemp leaf. But not exactly what cannabis looks like. (laughs) Marijuana looks like, I would say.
0: Yeah, so that's also some place where people can get confused, like between hemp and marijuana. And Mm. like you were talking about companies, and before when we begin the episode, we spoke about how there are a lot of use cases for hemp. And I remember you sent me that picture where you can use hemp probably everywhere. Like every part of the plant can be used somewhere. So tell us something about that. Yeah,
1: I think hemp uh, as a whole plant has a huge utility value. For example, so there are four parts to it. There's going to be a stalk, which is the base. There's going to be leaf and there are going to be seeds and the flowers. So there are four four parts that, you know, of this plant, I would break it down like one by one. And so, but I I won't make it like too complicated. So Mm -hmm. the stalk, the bottom part, so you can actually extract fibers from it. Uh, Cellulose and these cellulose because it's it's natural it can obviously biodegrade so anything you can you you make out of this this fiber you can actually translate these fibers to you know the spinning process and everything and you can actually make textiles out of it you know there are textile it can be like industrial or for consumers uh for industrial you can break it down to like you know there is ropes carpets and even in the construction materials at, uh industrial textile is you know it's huge and Mm. Hemp can go everywhere, and also if if you can make fiber out of it, you can actually convert those to textile fabrics also. And these fabrics can be used for for clothing industry as well. So you can make clothes, or you can make fabrics, or you can make other things. Mm. So that's the part of the stock. So it already has a huge industry just with the the base of the plant. Mm. And on the other side, there is uh, I would say leaf. So leaf can you know leaf is packed with nutrients and and it has antioxidants and it has these healthy healthy oils that are good for your brain which is the omega 3 and omega 6 oils so people are using these leaves and have and putting into food you know there there are so many foods that are made of hemp so if uh if somebody's interested they can look into it and they will understand why hemp is being used because it has antioxidants and it has omega 3 and omega 6 fatty acids which is good for your brain so these are the leaves and Imagine we have already covered two whole industries just with two parts of it, (laughs) and now comes the seed. So seed also has like a high nutrition value. You know, this uh, it's high in protein and it's very versatile. So like every seed, you can extract oil from it, and these oils uh, are being used for cooking, or these oils are also used to make cosmetics. And cosmetics itself is a huge industry. Like cosmetics is, I don't know, it's it's crazy how big cosmetic is. And how important it is for cosmetic to be uh, of good quality, So imagine this mm. hemp seed, which can just grow like an enormous space like we we mentioned earlier. imagine, yeah, imagine we add that pace to cosmetics and cooking oils. Mm. That's another two industries, and now we have the, we still have the flowers left, and now these flowers are also you can also extract some some kind of oils, or you know there's so many other things that you can make out of these flowers, which you can use it for in um, I think like skin drinks. skincare products, right? Skincare products and stuff, I think. Yeah, skincare products. And, you, and it's also used in, they are adding this hemp flowers in like bars. So there are a lot of like a, a whole uh, creativity around this drinks. That's another, I would say, hospitality industry, you know, a part of the hospitality industry where you can actually use hemp as a whole marketing thing. So imagine we have already covered like, I would say like six, six industries, just with everything we can do with one plant. Oh, yeah. So I think it's just crazy how, you know, sometimes (laughs) when I think about the potential of hemp, it's just like, why isn't this happening? You know, people are talking about these, the issue, the environmental issues. And I'm like, this is the answer. Why isn't anybody doing it?
0: Yeah. And also...
1: Like, I think I missed out on the stock part, which is the bottom of the fabric. So when you break down, break out the fibers from the coating, the core inside, it is actually, it has a very woody, its characteristics are very much like a wood. So, Mm. so that you can use for like, you can use it for papers, cardboards, and you can also use that for construction materials because it is, it has this insulation value and it also, you can create hemp crate, which is hemp and concrete together. Mm. And also it is fire repellent in nature. So that's just another whole industry. Yeah. Yeah. You can make paper and you can use it for construction materials. So that's another two industry to add. It's already eight industries. (laughs) You can, you know, use hemp. Like it sounds too much, but it has the potential. Like, but that's, what's very crazy about hemp. You can do literally everything with it. It's
0: it's the only thing uh, we need. It's the only thing we need then. yeah,
1: Yeah. It's the nature's way of solving all our problems i would say
0: definitely and it's a no-brainer i feel like you mentioned we can the woody material in the stock that's there in the core aspect of the the plant you can make paper from it i remember you told me the declaration of independence of the usa was printed on hemp paper Uh, so yeah i was doing some
1: research and they said oh you know uh, back in the day they were just making papers out of hemp and those papers were where you know the the independence of USA declaration was printed on and stuff. I read about it, and yeah. I was actually very like shocked to see that.
0: So it's being done. Like it's not that hemp is being just used now. Its our ancestors were using hemp to make paper. It's about and... it's the history. Yeah, and you. I, I remember you also told me that you you need a lot of time to grow paper. Like for paper, you need to plant trees and it takes around what 20 to 80 years for the trees to grow at a level at which you can then cut them down and then use them to make the pulp and the paper and i'm exactly and yeah. another piece of statistic that we get is you can grow hemp in just 3 months so yeah then it becomes a no brainer like why why would you ever cut down trees to make paper when you can grow hemp in just 3 months and Yeah, you can make pulp and you can make paper out of it. Why are you not doing it? And once we dive deeper into it, it becomes more, more contrasting. So, you know, hemp has more cellulose from which paper is made, you know, paper is made from cellulose and it has like 85% cellulose compared to trees, which have around 35% cellulose. Hemp sucks more carbon dioxide out from the sky, more than the trees. And it makes the nutrient profile of your soil better. It doesn't let weed grow because it is a weed, so it doesn't let other weed grow on your farm. And
1: mm. it, the most
0: important part is that the paper made from hemp is more durable and stronger than paper made from trees. So I'm just I'm just sitting here and I'm. It's thinking, a no-brainer hey, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> why would you make paper from trees now? Like even after knowing all these statistics, it's it's downright dumb in my opinion. If even after knowing all these things and, you know, you're still growing trees 20 to 80 years it takes. And just, you know, you're cutting the yeah the whole,
1: out. yeah, the whole, like the supply chain model of papers is built around, I think, uh, around 60 to 80 years of uh, like the time span, like for a whole supply chain to go like around circle, like the quality of trees, you know, some trees take a long time to like mature before you can cut it and use it. And some trees can take about like 20 years to like our normal A4 papers, like you have to wait for the trees to grow for 20 years before you can cut it. And hemp, on the other hand, is three months. It's just, <laughs> dude, it's not even a comparison anymore.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what it is, and that's what struck me. Like not and not only paper, like biodegradable packaging material is something you can make from hemp.
1: So yeah, it, yeah, it because uh, it's a plant, right? So it's naturally it's all natural, and anything that's natural can biodegrade. So like with all those uh, uses that we have covered earlier, you can also make hemp, use hemp for biodegradable packaging. You know, a lot of, uh, I would say like plastic bags, you know, one of these, Mm. uh, a huge issue is plastic bags. When people go shopping, imagine shopping for clothes, shopping for your groceries, shopping for anything. So whenever you go shopping, you always come back with a plastic bag Mm. And, and how many of it, like, you know, it just depends. Everybody uses it. So that is already a huge problem to tackle. So hemp can actually be used to make biodegradable packaging. So we can start with, you know, these hemp bags, like shopping bags that you can just, you know, shop it. And it's actually, like you mentioned, it's very durable. So there's a potential to make uh, these bags out of it. I know that already solves a huge problem of shopping. And imagine it's even biodegradable. So it's a no-brainer for that too. And imagine if you you want to expand on the whole uh, topic of packaging, imagine Amazon tries to use all it's because their packaging is also out of paper imagine yeah. all of those uh, all of those packages of amazon is biodegradable it would be crazy like i would love jeff bezos
0: because- it, it would change the game it would change the game for the packaging industry like all the packaging vendors then would have to shift to hemp based product because if amazon is doing it then walmart will shift to it flipkart would do it then reliance would come, you know, Ambani will do something about it. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Imagine shopping not being a problem anymore. Because there is no guilt. Yeah. Because like how all these branding, they just hide the guilt of you know the why are you shopping, but they will not cover that. All the polyester, the fabric is made from, and you know the packaging that you will go home with is also it's also like plastic and all those tags that you have in mm. in your clothes, you know, those are like made of like papers. There's so 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 much more, you know, to it. You can't deconstruct the fabric. You know, you're going home. Nothing is biodegradable, and the fact that you there's no guarantee how long you're going to wear those clothes, and you know you're going to throw mm. it you know what's landfill after yeah. that yeah. so it's a huge process but all we do is we just go shopping come back we are happy and next day we just move on with our life but imagine that is creating the, a lot so much pollution and we can just solve it out to like a huge extent. i wouldn't say completely i'm sure there's going to be a lot of like economical problem and you know the sh- the change is going to cost so it's not going to be abrupt but you know, why not? <laughs> and also uh, talking about this, you know, this whole thing being biodegradable. And we mentioned that hemp is very good as a construction material, but it also has like four times the absorption value of its weight. Uh, it can absorb much more than its own, like four times its size. So if you can compare this use, it gets perfect for oil spills. You know, with all these oils as being drilled from so many places. You know, if there's a spill in the water somewhere, you can just absorb the oil. And you you can actually recollect, like given all those oil spills uh, that have been happening in the ocean, I'm, I'm not sure to like how they're cleaning the oceans, you know, and how effective that is. But like, we already know hemp has a huge absorption utility and it is biodegradable. So we can just use a lot of it and Mm. not have to think about it, you know,
0: (laughs) and probably like we, we don't know how the science works, but the oil will not go waste as well. Like the hemp would absorb the oil. And then you can probably take that hemp to a safer place and then again extract that oil back. I'm, I'm not sure if that is how it could work out, but it's just probably like... It's, it's an option and we yeah. can comply
1: with it, you know. But uh, how specific it is, like the specifications of it, I, I'm not so sure. But based on the research, it it is a possibility.
0: Yeah. And uh, another aspect, like another thing that you spoke about was how hemp, the fibers could be used to make concrete and building materials out of it. So I think that's also a very interesting aspect. And that's a industry because I think concrete is like second or third when it comes to contributing to pollution and stuff. So that's also a yeah. different, completely different industry which which hemp could disrupt in the long run
1: so yeah hemp concrete it's i'm not sure how much it has been marketed but people are making the companies that are you know starting out in this whole hemp space they are also making this hemp concrete and they are pushing it to make new houses or you know construction industrial construction i would say so i'm not sure about the specifics but it has a very uh, high utility value like we mentioned earlier it is flame resistance you know it can it is also very durable as concrete so I'm not so sure, like where, yeah. like why people are all these construction companies are not moving to hemp.
0: It's probably sounding like a conspiracy theory to me now. Like why hemp is still not being used, you know? Yeah. <laughs> there is, there is <laughs> some some documentary probably out there which talks about it in a greater depth than this podcast. But yeah, I mean every everything, and this is one of the areas which will really interest you. Uh, when I was researching, I found that hemp can actually replace cotton and polyester in the long run. So cotton takes around nine months to grow. And like you said, you know, fiber takes a lot of water in the process of growing and hemp grows in three months and it requires like minimal water. It doesn't need water, very little water. Yeah. To grow. So, And the yield cycle is less than half of what cotton takes to grow. So, you know, you can make three times the amount of product that you could make with cotton.
1: Yeah. So cotton uses like 5,000 gallons of water to make two pounds of fabric. Like, you know, which is just like a t-shirt and a pant. That's how much like two pounds of fabric is. But hemp uses half the land of the cotton to harvest that that amount of cotton. And it uses only 10% of that water to produce the same. So imagine the cotton that you have, you know, harvested. So you need about half the space of that land and only the 10% of that water to make the same like two pounds of fabric, which is, I don't know, cuts off like 90% of the thing, you know. So Why is it? Imagine half of the land and half and 10% of the water only to make a same t-shirt and a band.
0: So then my question is, why is it not being done? Like what's stopping, you know, why, why are companies not instead of polyester and cotton why why can't you just replace it with him and make stuff from him what's the challenge mm-hmm. here i think uh it's it's more about the change you know
1: uh who's going to change it and who's going to change first so what what i think uh it's it's going to come more from the consumer demand aspect because if when the consumers are being more socially aware say or say more yeah. yeah so socially aware and more educated about you know this whole textile industry which is by like my podcast is about because i want to educate them about the whole textile industry sorry for the plug-in but <laughs> <laughs> yeah so when the consumers know about the clothes they wear then they can be more mindful about their shopping experience so once okay me being a consumer if i know how much my clothes are polluting i would go out and i would look uh, more natural yeah yeah more sustainable or you know i look for fabric that is more natural uh, right now even cotton is cotton is natural but you know people say when cotton is natural it biodegrades but the problem with cotton is the amount of water it uses and the amount of pesticides it needs to grow. So the pollution from cotton comes from the amount of pesticides and the water it uses and the land it requires to grow. So yeah. cotton is biodegradable but it requires so much of pesticides. It's not so sustainable it's, right so because, that's yeah because that's India... the non-sustainability part of cotton even though it's natural. Yeah. So it's a misconception. So I think the change of this for hemp would come more from the consumer aspect. So, you know, when consumer go out and they stop looking for something that is polyester and they stop looking for something that is like cotton, then then it will it will have a domino effect where, you know, all the inventory in the supply chain will start to hold up. And, you know, people in the business will not know what to do with the inventory. And they'll start looking into hemp, you know, what's selling and not selling. Then they will start to shift slowly you know, what is Mm. what is being sold, of course, that's going to take time. Because why polyester sells a lot is because it's cheap. And, Mm. and imagine a amount of people who can afford polyester, it's actually people, it's market starts from people with minimum income. Mm. And it goes all the way to like middle class or upper middle class. So it's a huge gap that polyester is fulfilling. But on hemp, I'm not sure like if like, imagine a carpenter, you know, he goes back to his village, he's not going to he doesn't care about hemp. You know, he just, ha- he just have like, uh, I would say like 80 rupees, or 100 rupees with him that, you know, he can leave out for, for shopping. I'll say, you know, he needs a new trouser. Yeah. He would obviously want, to want something. He just needs a pant. He just needs yeah. a shirt. He doesn't care if it's polyester or, you know. It, so that's a huge space that polyester is solving. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure how long it will take for him to get to that level of, you know, production. And because it has to have there is no supply chain of hemp as of yet. It's not fully constructed. And plus like in, in the textile industry, I would say every material has a huge different process. You know, cotton, the way you dye cotton, the way you weave it, the, the conditions that you require for cotton is is completely different than polyester. You know, and you make so many things out of polyester. You know, the chemicals that you use to dye polyester, to weave polyester is completely different. So all of these are separate games in itself. So, yeah. And, and people have spent huge amount of uh, money to build an industrial space and all these huge machinery that, you know, that can dye or that can process a, a huge amount of uh, polyester textiles or like, you know, cotton textiles because to fulfill the demands. So there's, there's already so much investment being done. So people always going to look at the opportunity cost because as, as of now, hemp, it requires a huge shift. And for people, polyester is already selling. Cotton is already selling. So yeah. why do they need to change? The if it's not costs. broken, why fix it? It's yeah. not. And the, and that's the problem. You know, it's not about something being broken and fixing it. It's about caring for the environment and shifting to a different material, like some sort of research and, you know, like the business owners being a little bit more mindful about their business practices. You know, it's it comes down to more of an ethical space yeah. when we talk about hemp.
0: It's at it the is- end of the day, I feel that businesses are going to change only when it makes business sense to do it. Because it's at the end of the day, you know, you're going to make money. You you will only do it when you're making money, right? You're also a business owner. So you, exactly, need, yeah. you need to make money to keep your uh, shop afloat. And even though like I read that hemp is more durable and it's more stronger than normal cotton and polyester, but like you mentioned a villager he's not going to buy hemp products right a hemp hemp cloth might cost around 1500 2000 and yeah. people can't afford that not everyone can afford that so when the upper middle class or the you know the people who can afford hemp start buying make that switch from polyester cotton to hemp then probably yeah. you know uh, business owners will start taking it seriously
1: Mm -hmm. yeah because the luxury brands a lot of them are already using hemp because they they can charge a premium for everything so it's easier for them to change to have a switch because a lot of these luxury brands i i forgot the names but it's actually going to be like men a lot of them are now switching to hemp and you know more of circular economy where you know things are biodegradable can be reusable so it's imagine only the luxury brands are using it or are doing it so that itself says that you know, it's, a lot, it's more about the premium and the cost of it yeah. because it is expensive to change. And these luxury brands, are like, they can afford to change. And obviously, the cost of the change, they're going to pass it down to their consumers. And consumers, they have the purchasing power to you know, support it. So it's only the luxury yeah. brand that can go for it as of now. But next, would, is, I would say it's going to be for like it? a middle class. Would, I would, would definitely you? buy it. <laughs> Being in the textile business, now that I know about hemp, I would look for hemp fabrics now. I'm because right now even I am I'm also dealing in like polyester and a lot of that because that's what's selling currently in the business. But mm. I'm very interested in what hemp does and you know how much further I can take into hemp. So a,
0: it could be a business opportunity for you, a big business opportunity going forward.
1: Yes, yes, yes. But like I said, you know, it's it's gonna require a lot of change from the consumer side. So I am not selling directly to the consumers, I'm selling to, you know, people who are making clothes, or uh, stitching clothes so mm. if until they don't require it i can't shift you know they they are my con- like i also have customers so i'm not in the that, ecosystem, that, that space. The ecosystem yeah. has
0: to change from the consumer and then it will move backwards you know it will move backwards to the retailer and then to the wholesaler and then to the farmers as well so that's how yeah it will work out yeah yeah and, because
1: how do you beat the cheap mentality because if things are cheap yeah. you just buy and Like how much more attractive does something has to be to beat the cheap and best mentality? You know, it's, it's difficult.
0: Even, even if hemp, you know, even if hemp becomes big, I I don't think the poor people cannot afford it. So polyester and cotton are still going to be there in business, but probably, you know, hemp will capture some sort of market share, but obviously polyester and cotton, you cannot completely, uh, you know, take them out of the game. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But also like cotton is not all that bad. Now the, the people are shifting to organic cotton and also there is a uh, rayon, uh, which is regenerated. It's made from this cotton mm. and But the only problem with that is when you collect the cotton lens, it is natural, but the amount of chemical, you have to use it to make it into like a yarn and then weave fabric. That is the polluting part. A lot of the pollution comes from chemicals that are being used. So people are trying to upgrade that material, you know, by using less chemicals or reusing those chemicals. So, you know, there's new yarn also that's coming up that is XL or tensile. So there's going to be hemp. There's going to be tensile and there is going to be organic cotton. Yeah. Mm. So these three are what, what's coming up and tensile. tensil is already being used in luxury brands, but yeah, that's the thing, you know, it's only, <laughs> it's seen as a luxury as of now.
0: So, so yeah. I think
1: these three are coming up. I would say
0: definitely. I mean, As a, as a, in the fashion industry, hemp is definitely, it's going to be a bright spot and I would love to actually try out hemp clothes someday. Oh, same. I would, I would love to do it. (laughs) Yeah. So that's one.
1: Accessibility and the scalability for now. Yeah. If if I want to do something with it, I have to see how scalable is it and you know, how, how I can build a value chain and supply Mm. chain around it. So that's, and it's not there as of now.
0: Yeah. And it is there,
1: but very minimum. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the listeners, if you're thinking that, you know, this is the end of the use of hemp, you know, the use cases of hemp, we have not even drawn out the big guns because one industry, which is on the cusp of disruption through hemp or through marijuana is the pharmacy industry. So (laughs) if COVID-19 has taught us something, it's that pharmacy companies will always make money, you know, they will find out ways to make money through the vaccine, through the supply chain model, pharmacy companies are always going to make money. But hemp is very useful in treating epilepsy and in in chronic pain, Mm. insomnia. And, you know, it has a lot of medicinal purposes. You know, it can be used in a lot of treating in a lot of diseases and in treating pains as well. So, you know,
1: I didn't know about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, studies show that hemp doesn't have like has very minimal side effects compared to antibiotics. So just think of a world where, you know, you could grow hemp in your backyard and you can probably just learn from YouTube how you can use hemp to treat chronic pains and treat, you know, certain diseases like certain conditions like insomnia. Why would you? It's perfect
1: for people who look for home remedies, you know, when they are sick or something.
0: Dude, painkillers are such a big market. I mean, if you could just do it in your backyard, if you could treat pain through growing hemp in your back, backyard, the painkiller market would be disrupted. I mean, it would, it would go out of business. So that's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a very risky and very scary time for pharmacy companies. It's, it's just one, one more industry, which hemp could really disrupt in the long run, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah. And I,
1: I think like on in that terms, like it's, There is more to that, you know, like in the automotive industry, which is, you know, all these cars and all. So back in the day, even I read about it that, you know, uh, Henry Ford created a concept car with hemp, like back in the day. And he believed that, you know, hemp could be like the future of this whole car manufacturing and stuff. But it was back in the day where, you know, polyester still had to make a wave. So I think that kind of got pressed down somewhere, but it's not only henry ford who did even bmw now is is using hemp fibers and you know the car doors and the front of the car where what people call the dashboard you know in front all those the cushion that you feel in the car under it it's all it's all hemp fibers yeah, a lot of these luxury cars are using hemp fibers for yeah in their cars because it is anti-inflammable and you know it has good absorption properties so you know it's it's, it's very safe to have it in a car
0: yeah. i'm i'm probably thinking you know if elon musk comes out with a tweet and he says that from tomorrow, you know, all Tesla cars are going to be using hem-based fabric. That's when I think... <laughs> I'm buying a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that could really make a change in the industry, right? The technical textiles industry as well. Big <laughs> shift.
1: Yeah. Like, come on. Like, we are in this age of, like, sustainability, just buying a textile car. I, I mean, a car which is all... I don't know, made of like hemp and then used like solar cells and all that to like charge the car and you know, like no, (laughs) no oils. Oh, this is just like a perfect, complete world.
0: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And even back home, I remember you were telling me there was a company called Bombay Hemp Company, which is uh, doing some really good stuff with hemp.
1: Yeah. Uh, when well, I was doing my research, you know, who is supplying hemp as of now, you know, and, or like who, who are the players in, in India as of now. So I I came across Bombay Hemp Company, which is in Mumbai. And I think this company was set up five years ago, I think. And they are involved in, you know, making supplying yarn, supplying fabrics, and they have other partner brands also that are making clothing out of it. And, and apparently it's not so expensive. I came across yeah. it. So I was, so if Uh, that that's my um, concern as of now, you know, how are they making like clothes out of hemp at such good prices? I'm sure there is a potential for scalability there, which I have to look out. But so Bombay hemp company is one of the first, I won't say one of the first that it's a company that I came across, which are all in, or they are going big into hemp. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they have uh, like based on like uh, on the website and how much I've read, I think they already have a good proof of concept. And I think, they are going to grow, yeah. I mean, Like based on how much they are in it, I, it feels like hemp is going to be the future. You know that, and if they are hemp, all into it.
0: And if hemp is the future and hemp disrupts these industries in the way that we are estimating it to disrupt, then Bombay Hemp Company, especially in India, would be in a very like it would be in a pole position to capture that market share, right? From all the other industries, so right. it, it's it's there. I mean, it's the growth potential is there. I think the only yeah. draw side in India is that the regulations are still not out there because I think because... It's not seen in a good light so far, like we mentioned earlier.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the it falls on the legalization processes also.
0: Because if you see hemp and marijuana are increasingly getting legalized in US, Canada, in Europe, I, I think it's completely legal in Canada to use it for recreational and medicinal purposes. Even in US, right. I think a lot of states are now opening up uh, they were using it for medicinal purposes but now also for recreational purposes and for a tons of other stuff you know it's it's being legalized globally but when you come back to India it's only it's only legal to cultivate hemp in states of Uttarakhand and UP so there's only two states where you can actually cultivate and grow hemp so that's one of the drawbacks you know when it comes to the growth of hemp in India and India as a country contributes 0% to the global cannabis market so the potential for indian companies to make a mark globally is tremendous because when i when i was reading an article it, they are estimating that you know the cannabis market mm. is it's going to be a 73 billion dollar industry by 2027 so oh. mm. i mean if you could capture even 1% or even 2% of that market Indian companies, you know, they would love it. They could make a big business out of it. So, you yeah. Know, then I'll buy a Tesla for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Tesla
1: on me, I would say, <laughs> if I could do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, definitely. I mean, if you could capture that the growth in the in the textiles market through hemp, then Tesla is a small. <laughs> I I need a penthouse, dude. Tesla, you you'd get away cheaply then. So. yeah. Oh.
1: So I have to make one, sure the penthouse is made out of hemp yeah. concrete as well. <laughs> yeah. <Like laughs> so it's you, too much of awareness. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and like you mentioned about Bombay Hemp Company, you know, which is which was yeah. one of the very first Indian hemp companies to crop up in the space. There are a lot of other companies that are getting in the hemp-based industry. So there is Hemp Foundation, Hemp Republic, Hemsters, and... Yeah. Uh, a lot of companies are, you know, selling a variety of products ranging from healthcare to nutrition to health fabric and clothes. So so this tells you that, you know, the potential, these companies are recognizing that India is, a, is at a tipping point, I would say at an inflection point where consumers are now understanding, you know, we, we need to shift from everyday products and try something new. So mm. The potential is great, man. And I, I think five or seven years down the line, if, if the implementation, if the government opens up the the other states, like only two states are opened up right now. But if you open the entire country, then sky's the limit. Yeah. And
1: imagine like the, the geographical space that, you know, India has, it can be very competitive in like the global market, I would say.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. and also for the farmers, I feel like if they use hemp, you know, the soil would be better. Less water because India is a country which is you know it doesn't have a lot of water. We we cannot waste water excessively because we are running out of groundwater very quickly. So in every sense of the way, hemp makes sense, and it's only for the government to understand the potential and to make something out of it. In my opinion,
1: mm, yeah. right? Yeah, I think this is a whole movement that is yet to come. Yeah. Can't wait for it. Yeah. So uh, I mean, we have to get on with it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, and globally like we've already spoken about it but what are some industries that you feel do you feel you're confident enough that you know these industries are going to be disrupted going forward mm, I, w- I
1: would say is like first is going to be textile I would, I would say first i was going to be textile is going to be one of them there's going to be automotive uh, industry there's going to be construction uh i think yeah these three things like i would say these are definitely going to get because there are there are some companies that you know they are there are like buying up lands in in these rural areas where well, and they are going to make the farmers only uh, plant hemp for their use mm-hmm. you know so these big companies can i read about it i forgot the name of the company but th- there is one way like you know a, a huge company can you know just get a whole land you know on the company name and you know get all the farmers around it provide them with jobs and make them cultivate hemp, which they can use it in their, in their production. So I think that it's a good CSR also in a good change in everything. Yeah. Yeah. And also if you compare it to like polyester as of now, it's like polyester is bad because it's this petroleum that has been dug out of the, out of, out of the ground. And, you know, It has taken millions of years to compress all that carbon and all that gases to, you know, under the earth for it to like become oil and stuff. I'm not exactly sure about how, (laughs) how that, how oil is done, but then we are not not scientists, scientists, but I can say that, you know, plastic is a petroleum product, you know, to cut it short. So these, these plastic are that, you know, it takes about 150 years to biodegrade and imagine how much pollution that we are collecting that, you know, for, you know, it is much more worse than the wood. Uh, Like the paper industry, you know, the whole supply chain is just 100 years and we are already like, you know, it's a problem. And imagine polyester taking 150 years. That's like two lifetimes for (laughs) just your plastic. That's just for your plastic bag to go back in nature. And imagine how much you you shop in one lifetime. So that's, if you see, if you compare the magnitude, it's just, it's just huge. That's why plastic is such a big problem. Because it does biodegrade because it is part of the earth, but it's just the amount it takes. Go back in the nature. It's a very slow process. I was listening to some talks and some more readings, and I came across you know there's a huge part of Pacific that has so much plastic that it's almost the size of Texas. You know the Texas state in US, and that is huge. And given how huge the Pacific is, like Texas, it's it's gonna seem (laughs) very small. Yeah. Because obviously there's more water than land. So if you break down the ratio, obviously it's gonna look very small. But it's a huge island in water which is all plastic. So that is crazy. That's, and just because we don't see it, this it doesn't feel like a problem.
0: How you sum it up is very—it's very good because just because we don't see it, right? We feel that it's not a big problem. That's yeah. That's why we are not doing anything about it, right? Just because mm. we, in everyday life, we cannot see it. Once we reach a point where you know it becomes irreversible, that's when mm. we will understand that you know we are up to what lagne wali apni. So. <laughs> That's uh... (laughs) I think people will be more mindful if you can track
1: your waste. You know, if, if I know where my waste is going every day, you know, there's an app for it, like a government app, you know, showing where your waste is going. I think people will be so much concerned about what they're doing. You know, it's a very simple thing that I was, I was thinking about the other day, you know, like if people can just know where the trash is going, they will already think about everything in their trash. You know, your trash is going to this area. And there are so many villages around, uh, around that at this polluting so you will feel bad you know why is my trash going there and then you'll start you know if somebody who is mindful and you know want is more towards changing things and cares about they will start thinking you know how they can reduce that it's one of this wild idea that i just i was just thinking of the other day this is uh... (laughs) when i was doing some research on hemp like when i was just thinking to the extent you know what is it going to take for hemp to come out you know and how and to what extent of education that people need to have to like look into you know to change the behavior because it's very hard to beat the cheap and best idea because, because it just fixes everything.
0: I think you just stumbled upon one of the ideas of the century of how we can change consumer behavior. Just create an app which can track where the waste is going, you know, just from A to Z, like what you're consuming, where it's coming from, then where you dump it, where it goes. But I think to develop that you you're going to need a lot of funding you know you're going to need government support to do that because i don't think any private company is going to do that on a strictly yeah. business <laughs> it, it doesn't make business sense right to do this the government <laughs> if if i'll have to put my tesla on hold <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's a very good nice. idea that's a very good idea and uh, apart from textiles i think you know we've already briefly covered it but the two biggest industries I think would be disrupted, you know, is paper and pharmaceuticals. So the global paper and pulp market is somewhere close to $63 billion. And like we discussed, Mm. you know, it makes no sense. It makes no sense to make paper from trees because you're cutting down trees. It takes 80 years. It uses more water. The cellulose content is just half of what you can get from hemp. So I think the paper industry is going to be disrupted hands down. I think in the next seven to 10 years, it's going to be completely disrupted. And second, I think the pharmacy companies, they, they need to be aware because, uh, if you can treat complex diseases and pains through hemp or marijuana, Mm -hmm. you know, if you could do that in an easy way, why would I ever buy an antibiotic? Right. Why would I spend so much on healthcare? Why would I buy uh, health insurance? All that stuff so those are the yeah, answers just go
1: to your just go to your backyard and just pluck yeah. out some leaves
0: <laughs> just make a paste out of hemp I don't know how you how how the medicine is made but yeah I mean you can just mm. grow a plant and that's it man you can save what thousand five thousand mm. ten thousand on medications and mm. I mean that that does add yeah. up right eventually so I just thought of like some, some loophole in like this
1: uh, pharmacy, um, like, like you said, obviously it's going to be disrupted, but uh, in this pharmacy space, I think there's a lot of approvals that, you know, that that are required for, to make it look like yeah. it's safe for consumption, that it's, it's not about the chemicals that are used in pharmacy, but it's more about buying the, medicine, you're going to buy from a verified company.
0: That's where the pharmacy companies will actually use their power. You know, they'll lobby those uh, regulators and Make sure that you know hemp based medicines don't come out. They'll probably come out with a news that hemp is not good for you. You should keep taking those antibiotics and don't use yeah. hemp because it's bad for you. So that's gonna happen. Take research. Yeah. <laughs> that's gonna happen. I I can like I can already see it five or seven years yeah. down the line. Nobody goes down without a fight. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And the money that they have, because pharmacy industry is already losing four billion dollars every year to the cannabis market so it's a big problem oh, it's a big problem for them and uh yeah uh, uh, let's see what happens
1: yeah like if yeah i think that's the thing like if these companies you know if, if these companies are, are so smart you know if if they can't compete with these other ones i think they will just buy them you know that's the that's how capitalism works <laughs> it's usually whoever has the upper hand they will just gonna they are the big sharks you know the big shark can eat the small fish that's easily. how
0: money works right that's how yeah. capitalism works that's how like you use the money in your balance sheet to acquire upcoming industries and i think the point you mentioned is very uh, you know significant because if you see the deals that are happening in the cannabis market right The the cigarette maker Altria, which makes Marlboro cigarettes, it recently acquired a company called Kronos. It acquired a 45% stake in Kronos, which is is again a cannabis company. And there's a beer maker, Constellation Brands, which makes the Corona beer, right? And it makes a lot of other spirits, wines. All that stuff. So it, it bought Canopy Growth, which is the largest cannabis player in Canada. So it's okay. happening. It's happening. People, all these companies, mm. like we we are talking about it now, but there are smarter people out there who already have foreseen this. They know that hemp is gonna be the probably one of the biggest industries in the future because of its use cases. And they are yeah. already they are already buying cannabis companies. And likewise, I think, you know, even pharmacy companies, they are going to buy tons of uh, hemp based companies in the futures to come because uh, from the research that we have come across yeah. the world would be a better they'll place they'll probably
1: just join them yeah
0: yeah yeah definitely because uh, pharmacy companies the money that they have uh, i i don't think that it's going to be so easy for a hemp company to just come out and uh, just create and just disrupt the business so probably they will get acquired in the long run, but it doesn't matter, right? Even if pharmacy companies acquire these hemp companies, if, if they switch from antibiotics to hemp, I think the world would be a better place. And uh, that's all that matters, right? If money is going in sustainable development, that's, that's good. That's good for the future. And that's good. Might as well.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I think, yeah. Like to like, just sum it up, like, you know, this we have already discussed too much. So like to sum it up, like, you know, uh, I would say what I think is, you know, hemp has like a fight to go. Like, you know, it is like an upcoming, it's upcoming. So, you know, you have to find, it's a new artist, I would say, you know, like how new artists, it has a point to prove. So, you know, uh, for now hemp has a point to prove and this can, and it can only be proven by a lot of these small boutique brands, you know, there are all these luxury brands trying to experiment and use hemp. So, you know, once they develop this whole, concept and you know that they know that okay hemp is good now then people will go into the branding of it like how a good singer he, he has to prove his himself with a you know he has to experiment with a few songs and stuff like that and make an album but then once that album just hits the market and it just becomes stop selling then everybody jumps onto you know yeah. how this artist is doing this how is that you know people started following that artist you know how he's doing this how he's processing his music and stuff like that it's gonna be the same with hemp people it's are like, just going to uh, be okay you know all of these small companies have, you know, created like banger products out of hemp and we know how do we jump on it? And we, you know, they'll start going to have case studies about hemp, you know, how, how it's being used and all the industries that we, you know, you know, we have mentioned and it's use yeah. cases, I think, All of them are just going to start studying hemp or and be like, okay, you know, let's do this. Let's do that. And it's going to be for good because people who have money, companies that have money are probably going to have the power to go the extra mile with hemp and do more with it. You know, which a small company, you know, they just have a concept and just trying to sell it. But these big Mm -hmm. companies that, you know, you mentioned they might just acquire the small ones and know like, yeah, like how Apple does it, you know? Yeah. like they if they find a good technology, small technology that you know they can. They, obviously, they have vision. No? they can. They know that they can use it to you know expand their product line or you know whatever. They're just gonna buy it. So I think this is what's gonna happen with hemp. You know, since it's, it's, it's an upcoming artist that has already <laughs> done its audition. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, nice way, nice way to put it. And uh, yeah, definitely, we we think the potential of hemp is great once the you know, the bigger shots in, in the industry, understand the potential, probably invest in hemp. That's when hemp would become mainstream and we would truly inch towards a sustainable future. So fingers are crossed. We we ho- do hope that, you know, hemp becomes big in the next 5 to 10 years. And uh, right. that's that's it. I think we've covered a lot of stuff. And uh, if, if you are still listening till this point, you know, I think, you know, we, we thank you <laughs> for, you know, bearing with us cool. Cool. and uh, Aman again, you know, it was great to have you on the show. Your perspective is amazing, not only on textiles, but on, you know, the, the level of research that you do and your perspective is uh, something I really like to have on the show. So yeah. Yeah. Thank
1: thank you. Sida. Thank you for having me on the show, but also like it all comes out like, you know, because I, I get very enthusiastic when I'm talking to somebody who is equally enthusiastic about him. Like you approached, you said, you know, let's do an episode on him. You know, it's, it's, it's very good. So, you know, when I got into it, you know, because you are excited about it, even I'm very excited. So it feels, it feels like, you know, maybe we should do a lot more to share with our listeners, you know, whoever's listening, maybe they can get more value. You know, we can, I just want to provide as much value as I can, maybe like through your podcast or whatever.
0: We we share the same vision and because the way the rhythm that we have is also good. So that also helps. And when you share the same yeah. vision, when you want to provide value to the listeners, then automatically it comes out, right? It, It's not artificial. It's genuine. We we really want to add value and we want to do it in a very, you know, we don't want to do it for the sake of it, but we want to provide quality as well. So that's yeah. how it happens. and So uh, thanks to your podcast. <laughs> thanks to the Bazaar podcast. <laughs> and if, if you want to take a deeper dive into the world of textiles, you can start your journey into fashion and textiles by following Aman's podcast, which is called Text Wired, where he actually interviews people in the textile industry. So he, it's not a solo podcast. He interviews people who know their stuff, who have done something in the textile industry, in the fashion industry. If you're interested in fashion or textiles, just follow his podcast. That's all you need, really. So Aman, thanks for- <laughs> Thank for- you.
1: <laughs> Thank you for the plug in India. Thank you for the podcast.
0: All right, guys. That does it for this edition of Bazaar. People on the show may have certain recommendations to buy or sell, but don't buy or sell based on what you hear. Do your own research before you take any investing decision. You know, let us know what you think. You can reach out to us at thebazaarpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to know, you know, any other topics that you would like for us to cover our insights on it. So, just, just give us a feedback, give us a rating on... Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen, you know, it helps us. It makes us feel that, you know, we are doing something. So take care and we'll see you next week.